鸟儿的欢鸣，溪水的婉转。听，爱与恨，悲与喜，苦与乐，得与失。听，跳跃的文字，灵动的声音。You're listening to Morse Read。欢迎您收听轻松调频美文阅读 Morse Read， 我是沈听，让我们在这里一起听美文，学英语。今天，让我们一起来听美国作家亨利·戴维·梭罗的一句话，英国浪漫主义诗人乔治·戈登·拜伦的一首诗歌《Made of Athens, Ere We Part》。最后为大家选读的是中国著名翻译家 Sidney Shapiro《沙伯里》的英文自传当中的节选片段，《A Craving for Adventure》。More to read. 用文字抒发感情，用文字诉说故事，用文字穿越古今。Daily quote. 使我们无法自由和高尚的活着的最主要原因是，对财富的迷恋。亨利·戴维·梭罗。亨利·戴维·梭罗出生于1817年 ，1862 年去世。美国作家、哲学家、超验主义的代表人物。梭罗的思想深受爱默生的影响，提倡回归本心。亲近自然。1845年，他在距离康科德两英里的瓦尔登湖畔隐居两年，自耕自食，体验简朴和接近自然的生活。以此为题材写成的长篇散文《瓦尔登湖》，又译作《湖滨散记》，成为了超验主义的经典作品。It is preoccupation with possessions more than anything else that prevents us from living freely and nobly. Henry David Thoreau. 使我们无法自由和高尚地活着的最主要原因是，对财富的迷恋。亨利·戴维·梭罗。More to read. 闭上双眼。Poem of the day. Made of Athens, ere we part, by George Gordon, Lord Byron. Made of Athens, ere we part. Give, oh, give back my heart, or, since that has left my breast, keep it now, and take the rest. Hear my vow before I go, my life, I love thee. By those tresses unconfined, wooed by each Aegean wind, by those lids. Whose jetty fringe, kiss thy soft cheeks' blooming tinge, 
by those wild eyes like the roe, my life, I love thee. By that lip I long to taste, by that zone encircled waist, by all the token flowers that tell, what words can never speak so well, by love's alternate joy and woe, my life, I love thee. Maid of Athens, I am gone, think of me, sweet, when alone. Though I fly to Istanbul, Athens holds my heart and soul. Can I cease to love thee? No, my life, I love thee.《雅典的少女》《乔治·戈登·拜伦》《雅典的少女》呀，在我们临别以前，把我的心，把我的心交还，或者，既然他已经和我脱离，那就，那就留着他吧，把其余的也拿去。请听一句我临别前的誓言你是我的生命我爱你我要依偎着那松开的卷发每一阵爱琴海的风都追逐着它我要依偎着那长睫毛的眼睛睫毛直吻着你脸颊上的桃红我要依偎着那野路似的眼睛发誓你是我的生命我爱你还有我久欲异常的红唇还有那轻盈紧束的腰身我要依偎着那些定情的鲜花他们胜过一切言语的表达依偎着爱情的一串悲喜我要说你是我的生命我爱你雅典的少女呀我们分手了想着我吧等你孤独的时候虽然我向着伊斯坦布尔飞奔雅典却抓住了我的心和灵魂我能够不爱你吗不会的你是我的生命我爱你刚才我们听到的这首诗歌 Made of Athens, Air We Part 雅典的少女出自英国著名诗人拜伦英文版本由Mark Griffiths为您朗读 中文版本由南海之声的主持人米亚牛为您朗诵 乔治·戈登·拜伦是英国19世纪初期伟大的浪漫主义诗人 他出生于伦敦破落的贵族家庭 10岁继承男爵爵位 曾在哈罗中学和剑桥大学读书深受启蒙主义的熏陶成年后他反对专制压迫
支持人民革命的进步思想，成为19世纪初欧洲革命运动中争取民主自由和民族解放的一名战士。拜伦从学生时代开始写诗， 1 8 1 2年发表的《恰尔德·哈洛尔德游记》第一二章是他的成名作。1816年，拜伦因私生活受到上流社会的排斥，愤而移居意大利。在意大利，他写了《恰尔德·哈罗尔德游记》的第三四两章。这部抒情叙事长诗和未完成的巨著《唐璜》是他最著名的代表作。Maid of Athens, ere we part, by George Gordon, Lord Byron. Maid of Athens, ere we part, give, oh, give back my heart, or, since that has left my breast, keep it now, and take the rest. Hear my vow before I go. My life, I love thee. By those tresses unconfined, wooed by each Aegean wind, by those lids whose jetty fringe kiss thy soft cheeks' blooming tinge, by those wild eyes like the roe, my life, I love thee. By that lip I long to taste, by that zone encircled waist, by all the token flowers that tell, what words can never speak so well? By love's alternate joy and woe, my life, I love thee. Maid of Athens, I am gone. Think of me, sweet, when alone. Though I fly to Istanbul, Athens holds my heart and soul. Can I cease to love thee? No, my life, I love thee. More to read. 文字的世界，用心用心聆听。Beauty of words. 沙伯里原名 Sidney Shapiro， 其中文名取博学明理之意。中国籍犹太人，翻译家。1915年，他出生于美国纽约，毕业于圣约翰大学法律系，曾任中国作家协会会员、全国政协委员、宋庆龄基金会理事。2010年12月，沙伯里获中国翻译文化终身成就奖。2011年4月获影响世界华人终身成就奖。2014年10月18日，沙伯里在北京的家中安详辞世，享年99岁。那么接下来我们要读到的文章就节选自沙伯里的英文自传《My China: The Metamorphosis of a Country and a Man》当中的节选片段。文章的题目是《A Craving for Adventure》，渴望冒险。中文版本。由我的同事念希为您朗读，由任东升、焦林翻译。A craving for adventure by Sidney Shapiro. 渴望冒险，沙伯里
In 1941, I was one of a crew of nursemaids to a 40mm Bofors anti-aircraft gun. We were stationed in a swamp euphemistically known as the Jersey Meadows, guarding Westinghouse and General Electric plants from attack by German bombers. There were about a dozen of us. We served in shifts, two hours on, four hours off, around the clock, waiting for the raids, which fortunately, considering our marksmanship, never came. 我成了伯福斯四十毫米高射炮兵般的一员，出杀在美其名曰泽西湿地的一片沼泽区，保卫西屋电器和通用电器公司的工厂免受德国飞机轰炸。我们一共十来个人轮流值守，上两小时岗，
Little did I know, as they say in the Victorian novels, that the decision I had made was the first step along the road to a life and a career in China. 那会儿我丝毫料不到，就跟维多利亚时期小说里写的那样。我做的这个决定，竟成了领我踏上去中国安身立业之路的第一步。To keep ourselves busy, and because we were interested, a few of us sat in on Chinese language courses at the University of Hawaii in our spare time. By that time, I was really hooked on Chinese. 为了不闲着，也是出于对汉语的兴趣。我们几个人得空时旁听了夏威夷大学的汉语课程。到了那会儿，我才真的迷上学汉语。The end of 1946 found me back in New York, a civilian again. Under the GI Bill, a veteran was entitled to pay tuition in a university plus subsistence allowance for roughly as many years as he had served in the armed forces. I decided to use some of that time studying more Chinese until I could make up my mind what I wanted to do with my life. I enrolled at Columbia, taking nothing but Chinese language courses. I did two terms there, then transferred to Yale, where I did a third. 一九四六年底，我返回纽约，又成了平头百姓一个。根据退伍军人权利法案。退伍兵可以免学费进高校学习，且有与当兵年限相匹配的生活津贴。于是我就决定好好利用这段时间，接着深造汉语。等弄明白过怎样的生活再说别的。我进了哥伦比亚大学，不学别的，只学汉语。在那儿学了两个学期后，转入耶鲁大学，学了第三学期。Wandering amid Yale's ivy-clad towers was pleasant enough, but I couldn't go on being a schoolboy indefinitely. To what use could I put the Chinese, which so intrigued me? A few of the Chinese students I had met at Columbia and Yale suggested that I go to China. They said an American lawyer who spoke Chinese would certainly do well. I wasn't so sure, but the idea appealed to me. After hitchhiking and riding freight across America during the Depression, why not a trip across the Pacific? I still had a craving for adventure. 漫步于耶鲁校园，驻足于爬满常青藤的哥特式尖塔下，确实令人惬意。但我总不能就这么一直当个学生吧？汉语令我如此心醉，可学了又有什么用呢？在哥伦比亚和耶鲁结识的几位中国同学都建议我到中国去，说会汉语的美国律师肯定混得开。我没那么自信，但这主意很有诱惑力。大萧条时期，我连搭便车、扒货运火车、横穿美国的事儿都干了，再来一次横渡太平洋又有何难？况且，我依然渴望冒险。My total finances consisted of 500 U.S. dollars, my army discharge bonus. I spent 300 dollars of it for a ticket on a small freighter, which had passenger accommodations for four, traveling from New York to Shanghai via the Panama Canal. 
，我的全部身家就五百美金，是那笔退役费。我花其中三百买了张四人舱的小型货轮船票，从纽约起航，途经巴拿马运河驶向上海。I was sick as a dog from the time we passed Cape Hatteras off the Carolinas. What is it they say about seasickness? First, you are afraid you'll die. Then, you're afraid you won't. Miraculously, from the Panama Canal on, I was cured. I began to enjoy the beauty of the sea, its changing shades of blue and grey and green. We saw porpoises and whales. We came quite close to one great cow of a mother whale and her baby. They lay meditating, placidly unconcerned. 途经卡罗来纳州附近的哈特拉斯角后，我晕吐的不成人样。人们是怎么说运船来着？起先是怕一命呜呼，后来是怕求死不能。到了巴拿马运河，我竟奇迹般的不晕了，便能欣赏到大海之美。从深邃湛蓝到朦胧灰暗，再到翡翠碧波。变化万千，海豚和鲸鱼遨游其间。我们曾一度距离一头巨型母鲸和它的幼鲸很近，它们四平八稳地漂浮着，一副若有所思的样子，对我们熟视无睹。The ocean began turning yellow when we were still three days from land. We were approaching the estuary of the Yangtze, running from the far west across China's middle, past Chongqing, Wuhan, and Nanjing, to the bustling eastern port of Shanghai, which means literally "on the sea." The yellow tinge deepened to brown. A hazy blur grew on the horizon. China. 离靠岸还有三天，海水开始泛黄。船向着长江口驶进。长江发源于中国的西部，横穿中部，流经重庆、武汉、南京，最后到达繁华的东部港口上海。字面意思就是在海上。黄色海水渐深至褐色，海平面上浮现出朦胧的轮廓，是中国。A Craving for Adventure, by Sidney Shapiro. In 1941, I was one of a crew of nursemaids to a 40 mm Bofors anti-aircraft gun. We were stationed in a swamp euphemistically known as the Jersey Meadows, guarding Westinghouse and General Electric plants from attack by German bombers. There were about a dozen of us. We served in shifts, two hours on. Four hours off, around the clock, waiting for the raids, which fortunately, considering our marksmanship, never came. Then word spread that an army specialized training program had been established. Men were being sent to the universities in uniform to learn foreign languages for possible future assignment abroad. Why not? I had had a few years of French in high school and college. At least it would get me out of the swamp. I applied, spruce and polished, 
I stood smartly at attention before the board. They informed me I had passed the French tests. However, they said they had more French students than they could use. How would I like to study Chinese? I stood goggle-eyed, gaping like a cod. A major oiled in smoothly with a soft sail. You live in New York City, don't you? Yes, sir. Well, while I'm not at liberty to divulge the details, I can tell you this: the college we're planning to send you to is in New York State. You'll be able to get home fairly often. I still hesitated. Chinese, I'd never given it a thought. The major threw in the clincher. It's coed. I'll take it. Little did I know, as they say in the Victorian novels, that the decision I had made was the first step along the road to a life and a career in China. To keep ourselves busy, and because we were interested, a few of us sat in on Chinese language courses at the University of Hawaii in our spare time. By that time, I was really hooked on Chinese. The end of 1946 found me back in New York. A civilian again. Under the GI Bill, a veteran was entitled to pay tuition in a university plus subsistence allowance for roughly as many years as he had served in the armed forces. I decided to use some of that time studying more Chinese until I could make up my mind what I wanted to do with my life. I enrolled at Columbia, taking nothing but Chinese language courses. I did two terms there, then transferred to Yale, where I did a third. Wandering amid Yale's ivy-clad towers was pleasant enough, but I couldn't go on being a schoolboy indefinitely. To what use could I put the Chinese, which so intrigued me? A few of the Chinese students I had met at Columbia and Yale suggested that I go to China. They said an American lawyer who spoke Chinese would certainly do well. I wasn't so sure, but the idea appealed to me. After hitchhiking and riding freight across America during the Depression, why not a trip across the Pacific? I still had a craving for adventure. My total finances consisted of five hundred U.S. dollars, my army discharge bonus. I spent three hundred dollars of it for a ticket on a small freighter, which had passenger accommodations for four, traveling from New York to Shanghai via the Panama Canal. I was sick as a dog from the time we passed Cape Hatteras off the Carolinas. What is it they say about seasickness? First, you are afraid you'll die. Then, you are afraid you won't. Miraculously, from the Panama Canal on, I was cured. I began to enjoy the beauty of the sea, its changing shades of blue and grey and green. We saw porpoises and whales. We came quite close to one great cow of a mother whale and her baby. They lay meditating, placidly unconcerned. The ocean began turning yellow when we were still three days from land. We were approaching the estuary of the Yangtze, running from the far west across China's middle. Past Chongqing, Wuhan, and Nanjing, to the bustling eastern port of Shanghai, which means literally on the sea. 
The yellow tinge deepened to brown. A hazy blur grew on the horizon. China. Today's program is over. Thank you for listening. I'm Shen Ting. We'll see you next time.